I'm Dara M. Wilson. And I'm Yasmin Khan. And this is Money Ha Ha. The podcast where smart, funny friends bring money talk out of the shame drawer and onto the table. Each week, we discuss one of those money topics that pretty much everyone struggles with, but nobody feels comfortable talking about. And today, we have a special guest. Welcome, Penn. Th- thanks. I needed like a record scratch and an air horn. <laughs> Yeah, now I'm in the building. <laughs> Penn, can you tell us, like, in one line, who you are? <laughs> My name is Pendarvis Harshaw. I'm a journalist and educator from Oakland, California. I currently work for KQED, where I have a column and a radio show called Right Now. Boom! Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> how are you? How are you doing today, Penn? I'm great. I'm great. I feel like summer is finally coming. I just saw a group of kids about. 30 of them circling the lake on bike. And so that was a sign. It's like a seasonal sign. It's like when the pelicans return. Yeah. <laughs> when the kids are like, we're free. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's right. Because this is, this is. Summer, summer, summer time. Mm-hmm. Education wise. Mm-hmm. Education wise. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and weather wise. It has been uncharacteristically warm here in the East Bay. There were a couple of days of misery where it's like, why? Why do we do this? Turn down the fire. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I feel like summers in the Bay Area are bookended by really hot spells. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then it's cold throughout. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And whatever temperature it is outside, uh, inside the studio where we record, it is 10 degrees hotter. Because Yasmin and I just radiate heat. Yeah, we that's, just radiate heat. That's what that is? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's us. should have thrown my sunblock. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Hey, guess what? What? We have. No. No? Tell me. No. I can't believe it. You sing the song, though. What is it? Mailbag. I loved it. All right, in the mailbag, let's open up the mailbag and read what our lovely listeners had to say to us this week. Yeah. This first one, I love this so much. I'm very excited to read this, so... This person says, I have to tell y'all, I have avoided the credit card episode for a while now because I have so much shame around my credit card debt. But I finally listened to it today while driving and cried my eyes out because I felt seen and did not feel alone. Thank you guys for this podcast. It really is changing money conversations. Aww. Is that that is like that's what we want. Those are what all of the things of that we want. We want to cause accidents because people are crying while <laughs> driving. That is no. our end game. No. <laughs> no, we really that that's what we're trying to do is make this easier to talk about. Yeah, um, and I think I I did want to mention it on this episode just to, like keep it in mind. Take care of yourself, and we never want this podcast to be a source of stress for you. We want it to be the opposite, um, but also. Put a little bit of trust in us that we're going to take care of you while you're listening to these things, <laughs> even if you have some aversions to some of these topics. We do our best. We do our best. So in our Money Haha Twitter survey, we asked, did you work while going to college to help cover costs? And 92% said, you betcha I did. Um, and 8% said, only during the summers. And zero said, no, I focused on school. So it seems pretty common that people are working while going to school. Yeah. The extent, I think, differs from person to person. So one of our listeners wrote in um, and shared their story, which we want to share with you guys. 
Um, so they said, I went to a college which has been ranked consistently for 15 years, I think, as the best U.S. value college university, meaning you get the most bang for your buck. It's the cheapest school in the top 40 colleges in the U.S. And yet, although I literally could not have picked a better school and to attend financially, I still had plenty of student loans that will take me years and years to pay off. As an 18-year-old whose parents decided not to save anything for college and therefore was financially independent, I had to find my own way to pay for school. I worked two jobs all the way through, which paid for my living expenses, but I still graduated with a lot of loans, private and federal, and credit card debt. I'm privileged in so many ways, and rightfully so, FAFSA did not help me out. But I'm now two years out of college, and I've been lucky to have had a great job that let me start chipping away at that debt. Since I get paid twice a month, I pay the minimum loan balance due with the first paycheck, and anything left off my second paycheck every month goes to the student loans as well. This is after I collect a small emergency savings first. With this method, I've been able to cut my debt in half. Yay! Still have a long way to go. But the question I always think of is, where did I go wrong? Why didn't everyone tell me college was so expensive? No one shares that even the country's most affordable higher education will still mess up your financial life. That's a big one. That's a it's, tough. I think it's like questions. I think that it's a really good summary of like even when you're doing all the right things, there's a lot of gotchas. Yeah, the reason I really liked this letter is because it really does hit all of the ways that people try and make sensible decisions mm-hmm. and still end up in a place where they are left financially insecure because of those decisions. So it was I'm going to work while I'm in school. Um to cover what uh, what financial aid won't, but I still have to take out loans. I'm going to go to this particular school because I know that it's going to give me the best education for the, its value, um, and yet I still am leaving with um, a great deal of loans. Um, now, fortunately, this person is in a position where they really, you know, doubled down and were really focused on doing those repayments and could. Could, could start that process very early on of paying the things off. Um, one thing that we didn't mention that, but that they did say was um, that they wouldn't go back and change anything. They just wish they had known mm-hmm. ahead of time. Yeah, and just prepared for that better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I'm still thinking about those kids right around the riding around uh, the lake. I think that they're getting their, you know, I think you get a summer education. You do, I mean. And in this heat, <laughs> they're like. Hey, we all just hit puberty. We got free time. It's hot outside. (laughs) I'm sure that's exactly what the text message said. (laughs) Hey, we all just hit puberty. What's up? Hey, I just hit puberty. Do you want to go to the lake? I'm kind of running late, so I'm going to have to catch up. (laughs) Oh, oh, the kids who ran late. I know. Makes me think of Big Mouth. (laughs) Big Mouth? Yeah. That show? Yeah. so good. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. All the the things are happening. They're growing like little trees. It's, it's, it's one of these, these like series of uh, comic shows, comedy shows, animated shows. Yes. Thank you for your help, everyone. I can't read your mind. I didn't didn't know we were playing Pictionary or whatever. We're playing Taboo. (laughs) Listen, I have an illness. I am on a lot of DayQuil right now, and I'm doing my best. Man, pass that. (laughs) DayQuil to the left. Right. Right. (laughs) uh, Big Mouth is one of those animated shows that very much looks like it's for children, but it is... Although I guess it's for the child inside of the grown up who can understand who, the grown up stuff 
and still laugh at the childish right. stuff. Yeah. And right. I hope that kids watch it, though. Just so they I can, think they might. They might. Cause, oh, yeah. I mean, who doesn't need to hear Maya Rudolph say, Bubba bath. Bubba bath. Bubba bath. <laughs> just for that alone, so that they can just, you know... If they're having a long day riding around with their prepubescent friends, just come home and know that you too can draw yourself a bubble bath. <laughs> the the character played by Jason Manzukis mm-hmm. uh, is a magician yes. kid who has a intimate relationship with a pillow. Mm-hmm. Um, his name is Jay, and I was reading about this uh, like. Very famous close-up magician who passed away in the last couple of years, whose name is also Jay. And mm. I was like, hmm, is that a nod to him? But I might be reading too much into it slash too online. I I love to like imagine that the world is well-threaded and that everything happens for a reason. <laughs> and that there is some like, you know, yeah, that that was a nod. But you know what? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's all chaos, as Patton Oswalt would say. Um, yeah, I'm it's sure chaos there's because. some Reddit thread out there that could probably satisfy your quandary. but That's true. But it's yeah. an itch we all want to scratch, right? I wouldn't say that. But. I, like, I, I, I want to know that these threads are connected, that it's not all just random. These, that's right. That is not all random, that we make decisions for a reason because we have outcomes that are expected. We're kind of going to talk about that on the show today. I know. I'm feeling hey. some momentum, some yeah. theme momentum building towards a, a common purpose. The listeners are like, what is it? <laughs> I'm about to say, yeah. um, this week we are talking about student loans. Yeah. Or maybe, yay, student loans. Mm-mm. I don't, I, I highly doubt that. I highly doubt that you have a yay about student loans. Uh, but either way, uh, specifically this week, we want to shine a light on a specific group of folks. Um, those are people who have student debt but did not finish a four-year degree. There can be some shame associated with that debt. Um, so it's something that doesn't get talked about enough. We're actually going to do a few episodes on student loans. And so this is our our intro. That's right. Um, but the fact of the matter is plenty of people have to drop out because they're trying to go to school. They're trying to work full time. Um, they're trying to do it all at once. And it is too much. Yeah. And as we'll see later when we talk about backs, that can be, be leave people feeling vulnerable to defaulting on their loans. That's right. Mm-hmm. So before we get into our facts session... Why don't we enter the no judgment? Zone, 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 zone. So this is the segment where we share our own experiences with this week's topic without judging each other. That's right. Um, And I'm going to throw it over to Yasmin. Really? Yeah. (laughs) To start it off? That's right. I mean, guests first. (laughs) What? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, sure. I'll start it off. Um, My no judgment piece was I made an incredibly naive decision (laughs) with the major that I chose. I chose a very expensive major um, that I thought would end up with a career that paid more, but it was just a really naive choice. So I'm somebody who believes in democracy, and I've always believed that 
the arts and art education was the key to democracy in this country because it's a space where in school students are empowered to have a voice, to really reckon with what to do when answers are not black and white, to really um, just have their own critical view of things and that muscle, that critical lens on things exercised. So I went to grad school to say, hey, how can I be a better educator? I went to a pretty expensive grad school and I quickly found out that I was the only person in my cohort. There were no other people <laughs> that year. What? Yeah. It was actually the last year that that program was even open. Wait, 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 wait. You were the only individual signed up for that cohort? Yes. Oh. <laughs> okay, focused attention in the classroom. Yeah, right? Mm -hmm. Well, it also, I don't know, like, it sounds like you have experience in in the world of education and have that experience of, like, what it's like to be a teacher where you are kind of, like, out on your own. So it's not unlike what it feels like I taught in high schools and middle schools in the past um, to be a teacher where you kind of are just on your own. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the one-person show. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, like, starting from scratch every year, like right. nobody's ever done this before. Right. It's the worst. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'm not going to do this. And everybody else in my in my department was in this uh, program called Museum Education. And it was like, how do you design educational museum exhibits? How do you do research to see if they're effective? And I was like, that looks really fun. I'm already here. I'm already paying tuition. And I could see like translating my skills into that space. And so I ended up spending a lot of money. Um, studying museum education as a way to explore informal learning and public education. Because I felt like, you know, this is maybe a good, just this door is in front of me, maybe I'll just walk through it. Um, I graduated in 2010 during the middle of the financial crisis and museums across the land were shutting down and furloughed for the summer. And like, to get a job at a museum, you basically have to wait for somebody to die. Like... <laughs> There's just like there's a finite number of museums. They don't just pop up, you know. Like, Such a bad image. I know. It's like the vultures circling. Right, like, but you're already circling like fossils and stuff, and an old person who's dusting the fossils. Yeah, and then you have like this girl in a pencil skirt, like she's like eyeballing you. Yeah, eyeballing you. Like, hmm, you look really right. tired today, Jan. Jan's like, you a cup of tea? <laughs> yes, me, and is like, are you sure you don't need to get out of here forever? Forever? <laughs> oh, man, that's not dark at all. It was, uh, it was dark. <laughs> it was dusty. It was dark. Um, there were cool things. I got to, like, go into vaults and, like, hold Picassos and Van Goghs and, like, learn to, like, bring children and to, like, be able to see this art firsthand and talk to them about it. There were cool things about it, but it just couldn't, like there was no way I was going to be able to pay my bills. And I had this $100,000 debt now. And looking back, I think I went into that so naive, just thinking like things will work out. Um, this was like pre-2016 America. <laughs> so this was, you know, a time when everything just felt like so if you could walk a path, there was, you know, expected outcomes. Um, but anyways, I, I just naively thought that things would work out, that because I had this degree, it would work out. And it took a long time to translate my education into an income. But, um, yeah, that was hard. I have a really random degree. Dara, what about you? So I was extremely, extremely fortunate uh, in that for my undergraduate degree, I did not have to take out private loans. My 
between scholarships and financial aid and my parents. They were able to set me up in a life where that wasn't something that I had to deal with, um, which I know makes me very different than most people <laughs> in the country. Um, and so I I do like talking about this stuff because I really feel like um, when you have a privilege, instead of like shying away from it and not talking about it, like actually naming it and then being an advocate for people who do not have that privilege, because it's not like I have it because I did something great. It, it's just a thing that happened to me. Have you listened to Brene Brown's Netflix special? No. She talks about this. I just heard it yesterday. Okay. Where she says, when I have, when somebody has a loss, the person with loss said, like, Artic- often articulates for those who don't have that loss to express gratitude means that they know what they have and they understand the difference between what they have and what others don't. So by celebrating what you do have, you're making space for people who have a harder situation to feel seen and heard because you're not just brushing the whole thing under the table. Yeah. Um, I I know sometimes it can engender um, resentment, which I understand. But again, that's why I like talking about this stuff. And it also meant that at many different points in my life, I thought that I would go to grad school. And because I had never had a student loan, I was like the prospect of massive amounts of debt was so overwhelming to me that I definitely made decisions not to pursue any higher education than my college degree because I was so afraid of going farther into debt. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) This is my path. Um, And I still ended up here with Yasmin, so I guess it's okay. High five. High five. And I'm here with Penn. And now it is Penn's turn. Yeah. In the no judgment zone. No judgment zone? (laughs) And we also, we like to say that we are not judging you. But gotcha. it's also a great place for you to not judge yourself. Mm-hmm. Oof, that's the hard part. Mm-hmm. I know. Right, like, where did I mess up? It, go, it goes back some time, man. I think about like third grade where I spelled pumpkin wrong in the spelling contest. <laughs> Who thought it had two Ps? Like, come on, pumpkin. Anyway, man. <laughs> Education, loans. You said yay loans. Like, I think I messed up when I said yay loans. Like, when I got that loan, when I qualified for it, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to college now. And of course, like it, it was a lot better than the alternative route that I saw where this is 2006 and I'm still listening to whatever Jay-Z is out. And there's a line where he's like, "I'm damn, I'm going to be a failure surrounded by thugs, drugs, and drug paraphernalia. And I just kept thinking that. And like That's what I was around in Oakland at the time. And that was 2006 was like the second highest uh, homicide rate in Oakland's history. And losing two close friends at that time. You know, it's like, I want to get out of here. I want to go to school. I got this dream of doing journalism. And I initially had decided to study film because I thought the arts were the way. And then I realized I need to make money. So I'm going to study telecommunications management because it has a lot more syllables than film. Yeah. yeah. More <laughs> syllables, more money. That's exactly. what I read. That's obviously, right? Yeah. yeah. More syllables, more commas. <laughs> um. I did. I studied visual and environmental studies. See, that sounds really intelligent. Yeah, yeah. but it was art. Yeah, visual and environmental studies. Are you like looking at birds? No, <laughs> I was making weird documentary like art house films and doing photography. It's just 
the because the school is expensive, they have to call the major a long thing to make yep. you feel like you're getting your money's worth. Right, exactly. You can't just call it basic art. Right. <laughs> Mine was teaching and learning and art and design. It's art, but teaching and learning is cool. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you go. Ahead. Yeah, yeah. You go ahead. So, yeah. So anyway, so yeah, my my downfall was the thing that got me here. And saying that long, you know, looking back, I would have definitely tried to take another route to go to the same educational institutions that I went to. But I felt like this was what was promoted to me, taking out a loan. And it was the quick and simple answer. And when I got that loan, it was more money than my mother had ever made in like three years put together. But I took it and made the best of it. Went out to Howard University. I had a ball. met plenty of friends. Came back. One class short of graduating because that happens to so many people. Mm -hmm. I was like... I learned that it's hard to get into college. It's even harder to get out. Um, and it's a damn accounting class, man. I've never overdrafted my <laughs> bank account ever. I'm a journalist. Why do I need an accounting class? <laughs> can you send them like your bank ledger and just, right, like, exactly. just be like, can I get my – I just want to put them in contact credits, with my credits, please. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Um, Practical and, application. And then I ended up going to grad school, and that was actually a wise investment. I mean, once I was in the hole in terms of loans, I was like, forget it. Pile it on. I'm never going to pay it back anyway. <laughs> Um, in grad school, UC Berkeley proved to be one of the best adventures that I had because it not only allowed me to take the classroom knowledge and directly apply it as soon as I was learning it, but also just expanded my network. I would have never met so many middle-class liberal white women. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Berkeley. <laughs> but really, um, it really expanded my network into, into worlds that I wouldn't have met even here in the Bay Area where I grew up. I'm just imagining you walking around with like a backpack full of like tiny little women in tunics and just being like, yeah. yes, I got you all. You're all my friends now. It's more more of my phone, actually, <laughs> my email account and Facebook. I want to go on record and say I don't know what that means and I'm uncomfortable by it. Okay? Not like taking anybody anywhere. It's like more of the contacts. Oh, OK. Friendships. Yes. yes the friendships are now in my back pocket. These are my friends now, and All right. I can bring them to East Oakland with me. Even back pocket is like more comfortable than the sack. Than the satchel, <laughs> like yeah, it like Johnny like... Appleseed, like the reverse, like, <laughs> picking up. Anyway, um, so it, it proved to be a good experience. Um, now I want to get to the point where I can say yay loans because I paid them off. One day. Yes. Yeah, oh, we're like willing. on the verge of Yeah, Lord, Lord willing, inshallah. Okay. But yeah, that's what, you know, that's what the article that I most recently wrote was about. It was like, I didn't know, I didn't look at the practice of taking out a college loan as predatory. Um, and I'm not, I was literally writing because I just, I still don't know how to navigate loans and credit. And I want to buy a house one day because I have a kid and I want to one day pass down property to a kid because that's the American dream, quote unquote. And yeah, figuring out how to navigate it. So now, like, my antenna is up, and every time I see an article or something relevant to it, like, I tune in. Even this morning, they were having um, hearings in Congress about reparations, and they mentioned loans, and my ears perked up. I was mm -hmm. like, what? Are we talking about loans? Housing <laughs> loans? What kind of loans? Yeah. That's all. Yeah. It's it's for real. It's a lot. Um, I was going to take us on a tangent, but I'm not going to do that. We're going to talk about facts, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that facts see. Let's talk about facts. In this segment, we share some cold, hard facts about the topic of the week. So here's a little quiz for you. If I tell you there are two people with student loans and one of them owes $5,000 and the other owes $40,000, 
Who do you think is more likely to default? Um, is this a trick question? Yes, of course it is. Oh, okay. In that case, <laughs> um, is it? I'll just be the. I'll just be the duped one. Is it the forty thousand dollar person? Actually, you will be shocked. <gasps> I'm shocked <laughs> to find that it is actually the person who owes five thousand dollars. They are more likely to default. You can see this if you look at the data that's available from the College Board website. Twenty-four percent of borrowers who owed under five thousand dollars had defaulted within three years of beginning repayment, versus just seven percent of borrowers who owed over forty thousand dollars. What's going on, Dara? Why is this happening? So often, according to the Pew Research Center, the folks with lower balances have them because they didn't finish their degrees. They're also likely to have low incomes and/or unpredictable incomes, and to be struggling with bills as a result. So even though that amount is smaller, their ability to pay it is more compromised. Yeah, I've seen this a lot in the interviews that I've done, particularly recently, where I've talked to a lot of people who have student loans but no degree. And what you see going in is people are actually making really smart decisions. They're choosing better than I chose these. Paths where they felt like, hey, I'm going to take a nursing degree. I'm going to take something where, like, I have a guaranteed, tangible job at the end that's going to pay well. And I think, you know, like Pam was saying earlier about the American dream, we're sort of like taught that, like, if you work hard and you do a thing, you should be able to, like, have own a home. And you know, this is like the first step. But what folks were finding was being in school and also still having to pay for life. Um, you know, put a roof over the head and. And put food on the table. Sometimes for a child, in addition to themselves, or more than one child, in addition to themselves, was so much work that because they had to also work full time while going to school full time, and it's just not sustainable. Right. And you're just crumbling underneath the weight of all of that. And so you hear people talk about like getting so close to the finish line, but they're just so drained and running on fumes and um, and not being able to finish. And it's not because they're not working hard. It's not because they're not smart. It's not because they're not trying. It's just the math just doesn't add up. Like you only have so – like you need to sleep. You need to eat. You need to feed your kids. You need to go to class. You need to go to work. Like there's only so many hours in the day. Yeah. And there's only so much that – people can do. I think a lot of times we see people achieve these extraordinary things under extraordinary circumstances. Um, and then a lot of people who have led more privileged lives will look at that and say, well, that one person did it, therefore everyone should be able to do it. As opposed to saying the fact that you can pinpoint the one person who was able to make it work is evidence in itself that it's really hard. And that person is an exception. Not the rule. Exactly. Yeah. There are schools that are unfortunately predatory. Um, we talked to some folks who didn't even realize until after they graduated that they had signed up for student loans. They've been called in by their school's financial aid folks, and they said, like, hey, you um, you missed some payments. Fill out this paperwork. We'll have to get taken care of. And they're like, yeah, they brought us all into the room together, which, A, signal, weird. You don't all fill out student loan paperwork together. Got instructed, like, hey, to sign this stuff, and it'll get taken care of. And Later come to find out that they were going to a school that was eventually lost its accreditation because because it was found to be fraudulent. It was found to be a scam. There are schools out there that prey on people's desire to to move ahead in life and aren't really providing them with an education. They're more just trying to pull money. And knowing how to suss that out is really, really hard. 
And well, and I also want to like kind of dig in a little bit into something that you said, even just offhand, that somebody bringing you into a room with other strangers to talk about financial aid is a warning sign. But when you're doing these things for the first time, you don't have the knowledge or you don't have the background to see the red flags. Yeah, you're a 19 year old kid. Like you don't even really know what an APR is sometimes. And so to find out, you know, two years after graduation that, oh, you would actually sign up for loans. Yeah. And and that is yeah. intentional. Keeping you in the dark, keeping you confused is intentional. So, again, when we talk about the shame that is a lot of time associated with this, with specifically this topic, at least some of that should be shed. I don't want to be prescriptive, but... I would love it if the people who are listening to this could feel better Mm -hmm. knowing that the decisions that they made, while it feels like, you know, you're the master of your own destiny, that there were other people actively trying to help you make the wrong decision. Yeah. There are so many people that I interviewed that said that they didn't even have the first conversation they ever had about how much the loan costs, how long it would take them to pay it off was once they were already in school. You're already enrolled. You already got the loans. You've already rented, you know, the apartment or are staying in the dorms and have your meal card set up. And that's when they first talk to you about the situation you find you're now in financially. Right. right. And again, intentional because it's like the sunk cost thing where you feel like, oh, I've already put in so much effort. And so I need to just try my best to see this through. And everyone's doing it. Everyone's doing it. So let's just do it. Mm. Hey, guess what time it is? What time is it? Tell me right now. It's time for action. Action item. (laughs) Each week, we give you a simple thing you can do right away to get better at money. And this week, your action item is... For those of you heading to school, if you're about to go into debt, make sure you know what the total cost of your education is and how much of that cost your loans will cover. So by knowing the total cost, you can be realistic about how much you're going to end up paying. And by knowing how much your loans will cover, you'll be able to prepare if you have to work full time or make up to make the difference and avoid getting overwhelmed by having a little bit of a preparation for that. Read your materials, call and get the info. What's everything going to cost? How much you're going to have to borrow? What's the interest rate if you project your you know, income post-graduation, how long is it realistically going to take for you to pay off that loan? If you're a senior in high school, um, don't wait until you're midway through your first semester to learn about this stuff. Do it now. Great. Not the best advice for those of us who already have our student loans. I think we're going to have to follow up with some other episodes because this is a big It's a big topic. um, And we for sure will follow up in future episodes about this topic and what we can all do. Donna, what time is it? You know what? what? It's time for It Was Worth It. It Was Worth It. It Was Worth It. It Was Worth It is a segment where we talk about something we spent money on that we decided was worth the money. That's right. More. No. Shame. No shame on this podcast. <laughs> what was worth it, Dara? For me this week, um, I had to think really hard and I'm Going back to a present that I bought myself a little while ago, they're called, oh, man, I sound like a very mature woman. Mm -hmm. They're called insoles. (laughs) They are new new insoles that you can buy for your shoes. (laughs) That is laughing at me. You said it like 
hot new thing on the market. <laughs> right. Like Apple just came Watch out with apps. these. <laughs> Y'all not gonna believe it, son. Inside the shoe, there's another shoe. <laughs> it's amazing. No, but I think that's literally what the brand name was. Anyways, they this particular brand um is so comfy. And I almost had to get rid of a pair of shoes. I'm wearing them today. They are very ugly shoes, and I love them a lot. And I replaced the insoles, and it's like giving new life to my (laughs) shoes, uh, which, as we have heavily established, are an accessory. (laughs) It was worth it. It was worth it. Nice. Nice. Yeah. What about you? I was going to ask Penn what his was worth it was. Yeah. I had to reflect Uh, uh, this past week. Um, Father's Day. It's my third time celebrating Father's Day. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I had a very, very hungover Father's Day. (laughs) (laughs) And so I just took a little time to myself and I bought gas. I bought gas and I drove to a cool spot in the shade and Mm -hmm. I rolled the windows down and I listened to Earth, Wind & Fire for like 30 minutes and I ignored my cell phone and all the text messages about Happy Father's Day. So gas, although it costs an arm and a leg, it was worth yeah, it. Yeah, I like that. Wow. I have the visual image of you just sitting there being like, ah. Earth, Wind, and Fire has those healing powers. <laughs> Hangover gone. I mean, that and water and stuff. But yeah. yeah. No, I love it. Insoles, Earth, Wind, Fire, gas. Like, we are just on all the practical things today. The oh, insoles are by Soul Lab, luxuries. by the way. Soul Lab. S-O-L-E. Gotcha. Um, that sounds amazing. That sounds so relaxing. It was. Do you very often get to have like 30 minutes no contact? All in the car. Okay. (laughs) I'm just driving all the time. Has your gas bill gone up? (laughs) No, I don't even drive anymore. I just sit in the car. Just straight recline the chair. Oh, so this was to turn the air conditioning on. I didn't even turn the air conditioning. I mean, I drove to a spot. You're right. This time I did because I wanted a nice view for this time. But sometimes I just, hey, park in front of the house. I need 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good to be in tune with yourself and know what you need Yeah. at that moment. My dad used to do that. He used to park in front. He used to listen to the baseball game, the Dodgers game, and just be in front of the house. Like He would just not come in and be like, he's having him time. Yep. It's so (laughs) necessary. It is. I'm a much better person. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Good. Uh, Yasmin, what about you? What was your it was worth it for this week? Very good question. Um, My it was worth it was I bought a – thing to protect my body from the sun. I bought a hat. I don't really buy hats. Because you were in a very sunny area just recently. I was. I went to Austin, which, by the way, last time I mentioned my It Was Worth It was to do, like, one of those Airbnb experiences where you, like, go out with a local and they take you on a hike to, like, um, like a hidden sort of treasure place. And we went to, like, a swimming hole. It was Amazing. That's tight. Like a, a naturally forming swimming yeah, hole. Yeah, a natural was... little waterfall. Yeah. It was really cool. The water in Austin is like clean. <laughs> it's oh, warm. God. The bar is on the ground. <laughs> the water <laughs> is clean. It is so clean and clear, though. It's like crystal I know. clear. There's not even like plants inside of there or animals. It's just pristine. Meanwhile, in Flint, Michigan. Meanwhile, anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah, meanwhile in Houston, around right. the corner, right? I mean, it's not far, right? 
So because I was out there in the sun, and I don't usually do this, but it's a little bit of like I am at a place in my life where I need to protect my skin. So I want to – because I want to keep this. I want to like, you know, I am putting a lot of energy into like mentally creating collagen every day. And there's no point in doing that if the sun is just tearing it apart day after day. Mentally creating collagen. It is a skill. Episode name. It is yeah. a skill that I that I decided I was going to have. Mm. It, that's impressive. And I feel pretty good about it so far. It was worth it. Yeah. And then I don't, the people can't see, but I like tapping my face like this, I think helps. Wow. But yeah, I bought a hat to then protect myself. And it was worth it. Is it like one of those long bill hats, sun hats? It's like a, yeah, a sun hat with like a brim, a very like old lady. I think I'm really coming into my own learning about like big flowy dresses and like, I'm going to be like this 40 year old, like I'm so ready for just being an old woman with uh, big flowy outfits and Older. a big hat. Older. Okay. I'll take it. <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with the word old. Mm. I like it. Um, but like comfortable shoes, you know, sensible shoes and hats and insoles. new insoles. Yeah. insoles. <laughs> Earth, wind, and fire. Yeah. That's right. I don't know your target audience, but you're definitely talking to the geriatric crowd right now. <laughs> this is great. This is going to be played in retirement homes across the nation. I just want to, I just want to, you know, reframe what our aspirational selves could look like. That's you know, right. It doesn't I mean, have to be bikinis on the beach. And it's the one thing that's true for everybody. We're all getting older. So why not? Every day. Invest in it and make investments that are worth it that's right lean into it lean in (laughs) (laughs) well that was so lovely it's a nice note to uh end our show on pen thank you so much for coming on um where can people find you online and is there anything you want to let us know about sure well uh go ahead and venmo me uh og pen (laughs) two n's um amen no and then you can hit me on twitter and instagram o-g-p-e-n-n um and i have a radio show called right nowish uh, kqed.org slash right nowish it plays on 88.5 on sunday mornings 7 30 and 9 30 a.m and you can also find it online and then i write columns for kqed mostly about arts and culture but you write about arts and culture it's never just about arts and culture it's about business politics spirituality you name it um yeah, and other than that, I don't know. I'm usually biking around Lake Merritt, going through kids. puberty, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. They're taller than me. <laughs> <laughs> That's our show. You can catch us back here every single Tuesday. Next week on Money Haha, ha, we'll be talking about getting a money buddy. Pew, pew, pew. Money Yay. buddies. Send us your stories, questions, and ideas for future episodes. We would love to hear your lovely voice. And here's how to send it to us. First, record a voice memo on your phone. Kick it off by telling us your first name and where you are. Or you can remain anonymous. Then share your story or question or comment in about 30 seconds or so. Once you're done recording, attach that memo to an email and send it to hi at moneyhahapod.com. That's H-I at moneyhahapod.com. If you like the podcast, show that support. Rate us. Leave us a great review wherever you're listening to this right now. And make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. Follow us and tweet us at moneyhahapod on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Dara M. Wilson on Twitter. Yasmin is at Yasmin K 
on Instagram. Manihaha is a production of the Even app. Learn more at even.com. It's hosted by me, Dara and Wilson. And me, Yasmin Khan. Our executive producer is Jane Lybrock. Our producer is Phil Circus. Our designer is Allison Chan. Our social media manager is Nicole Maltrotti. Our production manager is Adajoke Adajoke. Our copywriter is Kelly Anakin. And our theme music is Money by Antique Naked Soul. No more. It's not a gift, it was a loan. I've been until next week, but you don't have a nice life. You've been dodging, now I regret being at your door to collect on your debt.